What smells like shoe polish? Be quiet. We have a promo to do. I'm Jeff Ferry, and this is my hetero podcast mate, Chris Durkotch. We are the hosts of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. We break down the Kevin Smith films featuring Jay and Silent Bob one minute at a time, starting with Clerks. I have a hockey game at 12. Chris, please. So if you've ever worked a dead-end job behind the counter discussing Star Wars while slinging coffee, nudie mags, and cigarettes... Cancer merchant! Cancer merchant! Settle down! Or if you ever leaned outside a convenience store, secretly hated all your customers, or closed your place of business to attend a funeral, you should join us at Jay and Silent Bob Minute on DuelingGenre.com as we discuss the milkmaids, berserkers, and the significance of the number 37. In a row? Come for the clerks and stay for the rest of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute fun. Right, Chris? I'm not even supposed to be here today. I'm not ready for this. I don't think I've ever said that at the beginning of a recording session. Weird extended cut. Stuff. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Get over here. Get over. Get over. Get over here. You didn't play Mortal Kombat. Uh, not really. <laughs> a little bit. I had a friend who had it on 64. Prefer Street Fighter over Mortal Kombat. Uh, I had uh, Killer Instinct on the Super Nintendo. Oh, I had that too. Yep, I had that one too. That's a cool one. And <sighs> the cartridge is black. Yep, it's cool. I swear there was like another like weird fighting game too back then, but I can't remember the name of. Altered Beast. That's I don't know that was. one. That one was weird. Once PlayStation's out, you get into like Tekken and stuff. Tekken's all right. Tekken, yeah. I wasn't super into Tekken. Me neither. I wasn't. I'm not really into fighting games. Smash Brothers. Everyone likes Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's a totally different experience. Except for like, I was lame and didn't get into Smash Brothers until like that one on the 3DS. Wow, really? Really, I had never played any Smash Brothers before that. Oh, I had Melee on the. Ricky had the one on 64. Oh, I didn't have a 64. I had a friend who had a 64, so we played on that one. I played a lot of games on my friend's 64. It's a lot of good games on 64. Yeah, I played uh, Ocarina of Time and some of Majora's Mask. I played... There was like 007. Was yeah, a Goldeneye. Oh, that's so good. That was a big one. There, there was a Tarzan game. Like for the cartoon? Like for the Disney one? Yeah, for the movie. What the hell? That was hard as fuck. I remember the old uh, Lion King game from like, mm, the Sega. That, that was a pain in the butt. So was the Aladdin one. I had Super Star Wars on. Have Super Star Wars on that's, my Super Nintendo. That's a tough game. Uh, yeah, that you can't save. Yeah, exactly. So you just gotta play it until you beat it. <laughs> I've never beat it. No, no. God, I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna plug that back in and I'm gonna try and beat it. And you I will not be able to. It's going to be so hard. You, you have to do what you did back in the old days and like pause it and then just like leave go it like work. that all day. Go to work and whatever. Yeah. It'd be rough. <laughs> that is rough. That's some old school stuff. Played Mega Man on, on Super Nintendo. And Final Fantasy. And... I didn't really ever get into Final Fantasy. Oh, really? Those early Final Fantasy games I liked. But I think I played a handheld later Mega on, Man game. Tough. Probably. Later there was some on handheld as well. Yeah. Wilson's aren't as good as the cartridge ones. Mm-hmm. Video games. Every episode this week is going to start with us talking about video games instead of talking about Harry Potter. Yep. Alright. Alright. We, we solemnly swear we're up to no good. good.
Welcome back, everybody, to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Minutes fan podcast. It's overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one snowy Hogwarts minute at a time. No, how dare I do that? <laughs> it starts with snowy. I, I was going to I just ruined my. Ruined it. It starts with ends with it's whatever. ruined. Whatever. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Cole. <laughs> it's still just us. Uh, today starts, uh, today we're talking about minute 87, which starts with uh, snowy Hogwarts. There you go. I'm just going to repeat myself anyway. Snowy Hogwarts. And it oh, ends it. with uh, with Harry's fear. Oh. We talked a little, well, we'll get into that. We get this really beautiful shot of Hogwarts in the snow. It's snowing very, very, very hard. Yes. And we pan very down, because um, Hogwarts is kind of built up on rocks and mountains and stuff, uh, overlooking the lake. Uh, it, are the, these are like horse-drawn carriages crossing the lake. Is what it looks Which like. Which they got a lot of faith in that frozen lake to be. Yeah, they do. Clomping over it like that. Yeah. That'd make me nervous. I mean, it's magic. They, they could do... What, would you, could, do you think they can cast like a spell on the... It's magically reinforced. Yeah. So that it doesn't crack under the feet of the horses. I wouldn't be surprised. Are these like... I was going to ask like where these horses came... Where, yeah, where did these horses come from? Does Hagrid take care of these horses? Does Hogwarts have stables? They ha- well, if those are their horses, they would have to. Or do they have to keep the Thestrals in, in stables? No, the Thestrals just seem to... Oh, well, the ones that... Oh, that's weird because there's wild Thestrals at Hogwarts and there's the ones that pull their carriages. carriages. Is this what they do when they're not using the Thestrals? Is it too cold for the Thestrals because they're skeletal so they have horses pulling everyone back to Hogsmeade? I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> right that's i a, assume that this is logic. like these are kids going home for the holidays taking them to the train station i think so that's my guess because when we cut um from the horses crossing the ice the sleds crossing the ice we cut up to this little courtyard shot which is not in the theatrical cut of the movie but it looks like kids are leaving and hagrid is like kind of wishing them goodbye like as he, as they're passing, he's yeah, like standing he's like at, at the, the top, top of the staircase, stairs. yeah, yeah. And just kind of, le- like, heralding them off, I guess. Have a good winter break. Yeah. <sighs> Why is Hagrid responsible for that? Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just friendly. He's just Hagrid. He's just so friendly that he likes doing it. Yeah, he's like, oh, I want to, I want to say bye to everyone as they leave. It's like I'll be the represent, I'll be the ambassador of Hogwarts, and I'm surprised that not more kids, uh, would be friendly with Hagrid since he's the first person that first years meet. Right. You would like think that everyone like, oh, guy. like Hagrid, like he's the he's the first person you see like leaving and coming to Hogwarts, like he's like a big friendly guy. Yeah, <laughs> big friendly giant. No, the kids are just jerks. Aww. <laughs> no, you want jerky kids. Oh yeah, I know these two jerks. God, this makes me so angry. This is so unlike these characters. I'm glad this was cut. Um, we push in on. Harry, Ron, and Hermione standing in the middle of this courtyard. And behind them is Fred and George and a uh, Gryffindor girl that I don't recognize. And Fred and George are saying, like, Look out, everyone, it's the heir of Slytherin. And, like, he's the most evil wizard of our time, or something like that. What year are they supposed to be right now? The twins. Uh, if they're in their second, they're in their what? Fourth year? It's got to be fourth year. Because when Harry's in fifth year, they'd be in seventh. Because they leave uh, while 
uh, umbrage is in charge. So they've got to be, I think they're two years older. I think they're fourth years. So they're basically like 14. Yeah. And they have a girl with them. Okay. Maybe they're sitting there being jerky to Harry because they're trying to impress they're trying the to impre- girl. That's messed up. She's well, 14 also, year old boys are dumb. Also, a Griffin. Like I would think the Gryffindors are on Harry's side. Like it, I it, think the point because of what it is and it's Slytherin related. The Gryffindors automatically are like, oh, like what well, the hell are you? I. Th- okay, because the parcel tongue thing. Exactly. I would think that like. I don't know. This would be fine if this was like Crab and Goyle. Yeah. Or like but Malfoy. Yeah. But the fact that it's Fred and George yeah. doing this really frustrates me. And I know that it's, I know that like, the the thing is that you could say like, oh, they're ribbon on Harry because like they know it's not true. Mm-hmm. But that's not how they deliver it. No, that's not. They're, they're very, not malicious, but it's very like, like bully. Yeah. Like they're, they're bullying, bullying Harry. Yeah. And it, it makes me really upset. And it's like, wait a minute. You guys are better than that. But at the same time, is this... If it was their brother, do you think they'd do the same thing? And if so, then, like, maybe that's... Well, but I think that if it was Ron, it would be more like a, oh, he's the most evil wizard of our time. Like, they definitely <laughs> don't believe it. Right. Kind of thing. Whereas this, it's like... Still doesn't have that kind tone. Of, it's kind of biting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's a, there, they could, they could, you could, you could add some humor into the way they're saying it and kind of deflate the like. But that tone isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. It's very brusque. I don't like it. Don't like it. I'm glad it got cut. And Ron, Ron so there's this exchange here. <laughs> and, and the, it's just, this is all stuff that got cut. I, I There's stuff in this scene that I like. But I don't think that the writing's the best here. No. The lines don't really line the, yeah. up in the way that I want them to. The editing, maybe, or I don't know what that is. It's I don't even bad. think it's a... Yeah. The writing. I don't... I just think, I just think it's a script thing. Um, Ron says, come on, Harry. Fred and George are just having a laugh. And Harry says, they're the only ones. I'm like, okay. Like, so... So... I would take that to mean mm-hmm. that like, oh, like, sure, they're having a laugh. But like, I this like, I'm not I'm laughing. not laughing. Yeah, I'm not. But I'm Ron's not response is OK. So like the whole school, like half the school thinks that you're slipping off to the Chamber of Secrets in the middle of the night. Who cares? Which is like doesn't have anything to do with what Harry said. To off, if to Harry had said. Well, they're not the they're not the only ones. I think that Ron's line would make sense. Because then he's like, you're right. Like half the school thinks that you're the heir of Slytherin. Yeah. And so it's a continuation of that idea of like what they're bullying him for. Right. I think works a little bit better. And she says he, he he's like, so they think that you're sneaking off to, to the Chamber of Secrets in the middle of the night. Like. Who cares? His response is, maybe they're right. And then he storms off. But so it's like, who cares? Are, maybe they're right. Uh, are like, you? Are, are you sneaking off to the... Are you sneaking off? Like, I mean, you can answer that. Like, this isn't like... <laughs> like, this isn't so... Like, are you trying to claim that there's some kind of multiple personality disorder thing going on? Are you sleepwalking? Right? Like, you're doing something that you're not aware of. Well, so... 
So that goes on to like Hermione he does and Ron like that. follow him as he storms off, and she's like, "Harry, Harry, come on!" Like she's like getting all angry at him because he's like ignoring them. And he spins around and he says, "Look, I didn't know I could speak Parcel Tongue." That seems like to... okay again a jump, but um okay sure. What else don't I know about myself? Okay, I I get the sentiment. All right, you're confused. Maybe you could do something, even something horrible, and not know you did it. Which, in that case, retroactively makes him saying, well, maybe they're right. Makes sense? Right. But I think there's too much happening in between that. (laughs) It's too much going on. There's too much happening. And the dialogue is not matching up. Yeah, it doesn't quite flow the way I want it to. So, like, I understand why it got cut. Uh, and besides the point that we have cut almost the entire subplot of Harry, like, being suspected of being the heir of Slytherin. Um, from what we've seen so far, it's been cut out of the movie. But, so this is Harry's fear. Uh, we talked last year about Harry being worried that, like, he could go bad. That he's going to go to the dark side. That, like, oh, he, he, the hat wanted to put him in Slytherin and only Slytherins are evil and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now we have this coming back up, like, oh, maybe Harry's the heir of Slytherin. And, and the hat said again, like reiterated, like you would have done well in Slytherin. And, but now he's like worried that he's doing stuff in his sleep. Yeah. Or, or at the most doing something that he's not aware that he's doing. Do you think, do you think we should open up Harry's connection with Voldemort here. Like, if we had a scene of Harry sleeping, having a nightmare about, like, opening the chamber or the basilisk sliding down the hall, whispering kill, kill, like, if in that case this would make more sense? Like, oh, Harry Harry might be worried that these aren't just dreams that are happening. Right. And then you'd be like, oh, okay, like, that is a legitimate worry. I see why you have that fear. But this seems but to come out of, of nowhere. Yeah. Like, isolated event of this, like, why Why would you suspect yourself? Other than peer pressure telling him that he's, like, this distressful yeah. thing. Like, like basically, basically an anomaly, because everyone's, like, looking at you like, oh, you're in Gryffindor, but you could be there. It's just Slytherin and... You speak to snakes, and have you ever heard of a decent wizard who could do that? So everyone, even his friends, are, like, treating him different. Like, they can't even deny that they're not, but... Yeah. And it makes him feel like crap. Poor kid. I mean, you're 12, and the only friends you've ever made in your life are, like, act treating kind you of weird. distant, yeah. I don't know, it really sucks. Your friend's older brothers are being jerks. Yeah, and... they're literally <laughs> bullying bullying you about they're so friendly to me before yeah yesterday we asked if like we thought that Dumbledore suspected that Harry is responsible yeah again I think if we had had like that like a dream sequence of Harry like slithering down the hallway or something I think that that fear would be legitimized here too like I think that like oh it makes sense for it would make sense for Dumbledore to have that suspicion because Harry has that suspicion about himself yeah but yeah, this doesn't. This just doesn't jive for me in this particular cut. Like, I like the idea that he's worried that he can't like trust himself, or that like he might that he like he's definitely having 
he definitely is worried that he's going to struggle with the darkness or struggle with this like dark arts thing or like becoming a bad guy or like heir of Slytherin, like whatever. Yeah. Whatever this cloud is basically that yeah. he feels he's worried over him. that he has that potential to go that way. I think just the fact that he's aware of that means it's, it would never happen. Right? Yeah. But yeah. he doesn't feel, I mean, he's 12. Okay. He's 12. He's 12. He worries. He doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So life, he's, life's been kind of strange the well, past couple of years. Let's let's do this other thing. Maybe you could do something, even something horrible, and not know you did it. That doesn't seem to be the case for Ginny. Yeah. Like, she's not ignorant of what she's doing. Yeah, she knows. She tries to get rid of the journal. Yeah. Diary. So, ah, uh, it's so funny to me that Tom Riddle has a diary. It's a diary, it's not a journal. It's, it's a diary. And a he diary. was like, oh, I mean, how old do you think young Tom Riddle is when we see him in the flashback? 16? 15, 16? Yeah. He's got a diary? I love it. What do you think he writes in it? All of his all of his dark, darkest secrets. <laughs> I'll show them one day. That Hagrid looked at me funny. <laughs> I think he's keeping a I think he's keeping a spider in his in his uh closet <laughs> dormitory i don't know dormitory i don't even know where they're having that conversation who knows shrug uh shrug. we'll talk about that later um yeah i definitely think that like Ginny's aware of what she's doing so i guess that, that just yeah i'm just glad this got cut this is the first time i think that we've had something an extended sequence that i'm really just like Nah. No, the movie's better without this. It's like, no. Because it doesn't work on, like, any level. Well, actually, we don't ever get Ginny talking about... In the movie, we'll never hear her talking about regretting the thing she did or, like, struggling with the thing she did, and that's why she got rid of the diary and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just... We're just not going to discuss it. But we know that that's the case from the book, and we'll talk about that on the Quibbler when we get to that point. So, guys, if you uh, like our show, go find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash HPMinute. And uh, listen to The Quibbler, because we've done 51 of those and 10 I Nerd That's and a handful of other things on there. We've got a lot of content on there. Mm-hmm. So go join us over there. Become part of the Inquisitorial Squad. <laughs> we've renamed the tiers, so we've got the Inquisitorial Squad and the Wizen Gamut and Order of Merlin First Class. So if you want to join us, uh, go do that. And come back tomorrow for Minute 88. Harry Potter and the Chamber Secrets. Mischief Mischief managed. managed.